far gone for the Lord. There's no amount of death. You think back to the dry bones that have been dry for a long time. There's no amount of addiction. There's no amount of sin. There's no amount of anything that God cannot resurrect. There's no heart here in this room that God can't use. So don't count yourself out. Don't be the person that says, yeah, that's for the next person, not me. But instead, stand up and say, the Lord is reaching for me. He is going to use me. Amen, amen. Hey, you know it's a move of God when lives really begin to be changed. When hearts are changed, behavior changed, when there's health restored in our thinking, our emotions and relationships, that's a move. And we're seeing that in our church on a larger scale. We're seeing that in our men. We're seeing that in our women. We're seeing it in marriages. And we're seeing it in our young people. And this weekend was evidence of that. And it continues this morning. So church, I'm glad we get to be a part of the final moment of D-Now Weekend. Amen? So I want you to give a warm welcome to our youth director and my son, Truett. Yeah. Hey, how awesome is it having all these students here in the middle? I'll make some noise too. It's good. It's awesome. Yes, this is, these are all our students here again. Like Jeannie said, we have 48 students. We had 20, about 20 volunteers help make this weekend happen. So it was super, super great. Man, I'm telling you, I am fired up for this here today. Um, we had so much fun this weekend, but I'm telling you, the evenings that we had here were so powerful. The discussion rooms that we got to have afterwards where students get to connect with one another who they, they may not have ever connected with, but they're able to open up their hearts and say, this is what God's doing in my life. And someone else is able to say, you've gone through that? Me too. Hey, thank you for sharing. I'm encouraging you. We're standing together and we're going to stand unmoved together, right? So, Unmoved was our topic for this weekend. It was super, super great. Uh, but I want to recap the sermons for y'all who weren't able to be here. And students, y'all get to hear so you're freshly reminded of what today's sermon is going to be okay. So night one, which was on Friday, our sermon title was this. Be moved before you stand unmoved. All right. Again, going into this weekend with the topic of unmoved, not everyone is in the position where they need to stand unmoved. Maybe in your life, you're more in a position where you need to be moved out of the addiction, out of the shame that you're living in, out of the guilt that, you've put, that you're putting back on yourself and how you see God. You need to be moved out of those things. You need to be moved to where God's spirit is, to where freedom is is. And whenever you stand there, that's where you stand unmoved. So some of the points from that night, first one was this, going somewhere new requires leaving where you have been, right? You have to be moved before you stand unmoved. And if you want to be in a different place, you need to leave where you are. Maybe it's a matter of leaving those who are the influences around you. Maybe it's a matter of leaving the habits that you have. Maybe it's a matter of bringing in new influences into your life. But you need to leave where you have been. For that night, we went over the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones. Where there once was death and dry bones for a very long time. God shows Ezekiel what it's like whenever his spirit is poured out. And whenever his word is declared, even where there is death, bones begin to rattle. 
things begin to come together. Things start small, but it comes together and these bones that once were scattered turned into bodies. And these bodies had sinews put on them and flesh put on them and their skin is put on them. And now they have bodies, but there was no life in them. And then God says, prophesy to the breath and speak life into that. And then this once was death all put together, it stands up great, like an exceedingly great army, right? So that is what we said for these students this weekend. We need to be moved out of that place of death. And we need to stand together, unmoved, like an exceedingly great army. And that's the, that's the other point. When God calls his people to life, they do stand together. They do have one another's backs, and they do encourage one another. That is huge, and we see that begin to happen here in our youth group. Another huge point from that night is there is nothing too far gone for the Lord. Even with dead, dry bones, life can be spoken there, and the death comes to life. God spoke light out of darkness. He created something from nothing. So there is nothing that's too far gone for the Lord. And then this other one is that the spirit of the Lord changes more than just the physical. Like Caleb was saying, yes, it's great. And we do believe that God does work miracles, but even greater, he works the miracle of the heart. He changes the resentment and the anger and the stubbornness and washes it away and love and forgiveness and peace fills you. That is where we were to stand, all right? So that was night one. Night two was this, standing unmoved, all right? So we got this idea of being moved to where we need to be, and now we talked about where do we need to stand? What does standing unmoved look like? And here's the awesome thing. As Christians, we have the word, and it is not just an authority, but it is the authority. It's the greatest authority. It is unchanging, it is unwavering, but it is the rock that we build our life on, right? So that is what we were saying. This is where you stand unmoved. We don't just stand what is popular. We don't just stand what our emotions say, but we stand on the unmoving, the unchanging, everlasting God, right? So... That night, we went through uh, the story, some of the story of Paul. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you want to turn there, I'm going to read these verses as to this other huge point for us last night. And it was this. The point was, your condition is not your identity. The condition that you're in is not who you are. So this right here, we get this from Paul. Him and his ministry with those around him went through much. They went through loss. They went through pain. But let's look and see what Paul has to say. He says this, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. The condition they were in was not who they were. Even though they were hard pressed on every side and they didn't understand what the next step to take was, how the situation in front of them was going to work out, they're hard pressed every way they look. He says, yet we were not crushed, 
God still carried us through. The firm foundation still stood. We were not crushed. Again, that's condition identity, right? The condition of being perplexed. It does not mean that that's who they are. It says they are not in despair, right? That's their identity. We're not in despair. The condition of being persecuted, right? These Christians went through several beatings and they were mocked and they were kicked out of towns and they were stoned, all of these things. Even though they were persecuted as a condition, their identity was that I'm not forsaken. God has not given up on me. He's not given up on us. And again, this last one, even though they were struck down as a condition, they were not destroyed as their identity. They knew God still carries me. He will carry me because he has carried me. And that's what we taught these students here as to what we stand unmoved on. And with that, we do not lose heart, but instead we step up in the courage of what our identity is as those who are washed those who do not wear the labels of the world anymore, but we wear the label of forgiven, of loved, of restored, and all of these things. And y'all are going to have to pardon me for my voice to this morning. I'm telling you, did a lot of screaming and hollering and hooping this weekend. I am tired. My voice is tired. So it's going to be a great Sunday, though. <laughs> so for the final sermon today, this morning, this is one that it's new to everyone, right? All the students got to hear the other two. But this one right here is what we got for today. And it's this, standing unmoved to move others, right? So we talked about being moved before you stand unmoved. We talked about what it, even, what it even means to stand unmoved. And now we're talking about, hey, here's why we stand, and it is for the sake of moving others. Standing in your faith is not just fitting in, but in fact, it's standing out. It's not looking like what's going on around you, but it's standing out for the sake of the gospel. It's not standing out for arrogance sake. It's not standing out so that you can look better and you can have more boastful points. That's not standing out. That in fact is just falling right in line with the rest of the world. Standing out is not to earn points from God, but you stand out because you know you have the favor of the Lord on you, right? And you stand out for the sake of taking the light to others. So for our passage today, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, all right? So we're going to learn this truth of standing unmoved to move others. We're going to learn it straight from the example of Christ himself, who stood unmoved even to the point of death, death on the cross. So Philippians chapter 2 Turn there in your Bible. It'll also be up on screen. We're going to start in verse 5, all right? And it says this. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He says, have this mindset among you, right? Continuing on, verse 7, it says this, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus, who was in heaven with the Father, chooses to go down to earth by the will of his Father, right? Sends him here and he takes on the position of servant. He takes on the flesh that we have, 
And he says, I'm coming to serve. I'm coming to be an example to others. And in my example, I'm going to stand unmoved and I'm going to move others by my unwavering, right? So he came as a servant in human flesh, something that's relatable to us, something that's very real because it is who we are, right? So let's continue on. Verse 8, it says this, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He was crucified not just for going with the flow, not just for fitting in, not just for being one other person that's in that area, but instead, he was one who went and called out the false teaching that was going on. He went into where there was oppression and set the captives free, right? He stood unmoved, even though people tried to silence him, people tried to beat him, people kicked him out of their cities. He stood unmoved, and because of his standing, others were moved, he went and met people where they were and he called them out of their sin and didn't just call out their sin but gave, him, gave them a way out. And not just a way but the way out of their sins which is him. So here's our first point today. Emptying ourselves before the Lord causes movement in others. We must have this mind in us, right? Just as it was in Christ Jesus. We must empty ourselves before the Lord because it will cause movement in others. If we stay filled with ourselves, that's not causing movement in others for the sake of the gospel. If we stay filled with ourselves, we're just trying by our own power, our own logic, our own mind, our own will to convince others to do something different. But no, we must empty ourselves and say, Lord, use me how you want to use me. And that's what Christ did. He emptied himself where he had the fullness of everything in heaven. He emptied himself and came here and he never once bowed his knee to any other God but his own father. And he did that not, he did this even while being tempted in every way. It's not that he came here and just stayed apart from everyone, but he came here and he was tempted in every way, in every hard way as well, to be swayed from his unmoving state, but he stood firm. He did not just esteem false teachers to try to keep peace, but he went in and he called them out. He went in and set the captives free. He didn't just come bringing peace, but he brought a sword that divides, a sword that shows truth instead of false, right? He did not just leave people in their sin, but he gave them the way out. Let's continue on here in verse nine. It says this, therefore, because of all of those things, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Because of those things, God has given him everything. Everything now is under Jesus, right? Let's see this, verse 10 and 11. It says this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Just like the first song that we sang here this morning, just the mention of his name. Things must change. Movement 
must happen as we stand firm on that. We don't stand firm on our own word, but we stand in the power of Jesus who every knee will bow and every tongue will confess him as Lord. That brings us to our second point. It's this, nothing is outside of the power of God's hand. Nothing is out of his control. Nothing is out of his sovereignty, but the Lord rules over all and everything must submit to him. If it's not today, it's in a time to come that everything must submit to him. Again, no one is too far gone. Everything is under God's hand. No one is too far gone. No sin is too great. There's no occurrence that happens that the Lord doesn't know about. Every area of life will bow its knee to Jesus. Let's continue on what we got here in Philippians 2, verse 12. It says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, as in my, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. And then here's a little part of the verse that may confuse you. You may have heard this taught differently, but we're going to bring some clarification to this. It says this, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is not a call from Paul about losing your salvation. This is not about doing enough to hope that God one day might save you. No, this is instead something far different. If that were true, it would contradict the Bible, and we know the Bible does not contradict itself. So we must use the Bible to interpret what this is saying. So work out, this idea of working out. We see this also in James talking about maturity talks about working out your faith and growing in maturity. So this idea of working out is to grow, to bring to completion, to work hard at, to live out what God's doing in you, right? So that's to work out. And then this other word, fear. You may know the word fear in the Bible often is used as this sense of awe this sense of greatness for this calling that is ahead, for the God that we serve, this fear, this amazing wonder of who he is. And then this word trembling may be the word that may trip you up here, but trembling. We see also in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3, Paul says this. It says that he came to the church of Corinth in weakness and trembling. Not because he was scared of what they were doing, but in fact, because he was working so hard to reach them that he is found in weakness and trembling. With everything in him, he has given himself to the ministry. He has given of himself. He has emptied himself entirely and has given everything that he has, even to the point of trembling. This is the idea that we, with everything that we have in us get all the way to a point where we don't just rely on our own strength, but we say, God, fill me with your strength. I have to lean into you. I have to rely on you and you alone are the one who will give me strength even in this time of trembling. So we are to grow our salvation with this sense of awe and with this sense of everything that we possibly have. Let's continue on. Verse 13, it says this, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So while we work out 
He's working in us. It's like a church should have a motto or something that says, lift him out, lift him up, and lift him out. Yeah, it's kind of this whole idea of working out, working in, right? Work out while the Lord works in. That's our third point here. Christ works in us. We empty ourselves. He works in us, and we work out what he is working in us. It's our obligation to do what he is doing in us. It's just how it follows. We empty ourselves. He gives us his spirit and we go and do with all that we have. So here's the real kicker to this whole passage right here, okay? Verse 14 and 15. We're going to start with this. Again, with the idea of have this mind among you, just as Christ had. <laughs> There's the voice right there. D now. Woo! Just as Christ had, right? So it says this, do all things without complaining and disputing, all right? Do all things without complaining and disputing. We have this mind in us that Christ had as well. He was not complaining whenever people began to mock his ministry. He was not one who said, this is just really unfair that I have to go through all these things and other people don't. He's not complaining about that. He's not disputing with his friends because he knows that they are going to leave him. He's not trying to win them back over and debate them. No, really listen to me. But instead he says, I'm doing all of this without complaining or grumbling or disputing and I'm going to go forward because I know this is the calling that God has on my life. This is the mindset we are to have. He did not complain about the path set ahead of him. He did not, he did not dispute with his friends but for the joy that was set before him. He went through, right? Despising the shame but for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross for our sake. And that's what we are to do as well. Have this mind, not complaining, not disputing. And let's continue on. It says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault. Again, this idea of growing and maturing and working out, right? This idea of we are becoming blameless and harmless children of God without fault fault. Let's go. Here we go. A little bit of water here. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Better already. <clears throat> All right. Yes. We're to become blameless and harmless. We're growing. We are maturing. We're not staying in the same place, but we are moving, right? And here is the main part right here. We do all of these things without grumbling and disputing that we may become something more than we are right now in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. This is where we are today, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Everywhere you look, you know, you'll see it, and you see, wow, where is God in all of this? This is a crooked and perverse generation. This is why we need to have this mind in us, where we empty ourselves and we don't just sit where we are, but instead we stand unmoved to move others. We stand shining our lights for others in this world, in this generation, in this time. This is why we need a move. This is why we need to go with everything that we have, even to the point of trembling for others. 
This generation needs light. These students are going to be light bearers. We already know that they are doing this. There are people that they have been moved to go and share the light with. And it's awesome to see those stories, but I believe that it doesn't just stop here. I believe that there is a generation that will stand out in faith. I believe that begins here, but I believe it spreads. One that encourages one another. One that builds each other up and helps each other remember who God says they are. Not the condition they're in, but the identity that they have. And I believe that this begins to spread across our nation. And it starts with one, right? It starts with this youth group where people, these students, begin to take heart and say, I understand this. I understand the light that I have. I understand the ministry that I have. I understand what standing unmoved means. And I'm going to take this light to others in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And so here is how we do this. And it's this last verse. It says, holding fast the word of life. We don't do this apart from anything else. We have to stand on the word. We cannot do this on our own. We don't just do this because we want to, because we think it's cool, because it'll give us popularity. No, we do this standing fast, holding fast the word of life. And Paul says, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. He knew that there one day would be another resurrection. And he says, I want to know, I want to see the fruit of my labor. I want to see that this next generation gets the fruit of the Spirit. I want to see this next generation's heart change. I want to see the next generation have light brought to it. And that is what we are here for. We're doing this and we want you students and y'all adults to take this light to others. And as you take this light to others, you will see change begin to happen. So here's this last point. It's this. Who are you going to take the light to? Who is it in your mind that you're thinking, that's the person that needs the light? I'm going to take the light to my friend group. I'm going to take the light to my family. I'm going to take the light to my school. I'm going to take the light to fill in the blank, whatever it may be. Who are you going to take the light to? So what I want to do is everyone bow your heads, all right? Everyone bow your heads. Some of you, and again, this is for the students right here. For some of you this weekend, and for you adults, some of you today have been moved out of where you have been and where you need to be, and you want to take that step of making Jesus your Lord. Take that step today. We're going to sing a song here in just a little bit. And if that's you, I want you to come down to the front. And leaders, I want y'all, as this song begins, to come down here to receive students and to pray for them and to pray with them. So that may be you. Some of you this weekend have been called to take that step of baptism. Making a public declaration of, this is how I stand unmoved. And I'm making this public for everyone. I'm showing my church, I'm showing my friends, I'm showing my family, I'm showing my school that I've been washed. 
I'm no longer who I was, but now I am who Christ says I am. If that's you, during this next song, come up to the front, talk to a leader, pray. Talk to me afterwards if you want to. Some of you, and adults, this is for y'all too here. Some of you have, are being moved to take the light of Christ to someone that you know needs it. You have been moved. There's a person on your mind that you know that's who needs the light. If that's you, during this next song, come down to the front and pray for that person. Pray for how you can shine the light to them. Pray for opportunities to open up where you can shine the light to them. So I'm going to pray and we're going to start this song and let's move. Let's take a stand. Let's stand unmoved in what we know and who we are for the sake of moving others. Y'all join me in prayer. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the light. Thank you that you have given us this ministry God, I pray that we would not delay, we would not hesitate, we would not resist, but we would lean in. To the one who says, I want to be saved today, God, I pray that you would bring them down to the front. To the one who says, I need to be baptized, I need to make this public, God, bring them down to the front. And to the ones in here who are saying, this is who I need to pray for, God, I pray that you would bring them down to the front and that they would pray for that person. God, we pray all of these things in your name, amen.